Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. I'm a music fan, so you can hear me. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Gunnar Hilsey, Trev. Danish schooner, who's another year older, still only a child, uh, and uh, ginger as ever, Capo Dan, without his flag, but he's in a new job. How you doing, Dan? I'm good, I'm good. I've had a very, very good weekend. It's uh, feels like everything has just fallen into place and uh, obviously starts with the football results, which is a, a big, big plus. It does indeed, it does indeed. Alex, how was your birthday? You, you, you turned down the opportunity last Monday to sit here and talk with... Me, it, well, even Hills, he disappeared as well, didn't he? He to talk to me and Dan and young Nick to go out with your girlfriend to celebrate your birthday. What's wrong with you? I feel terrible, but uh, luckily I, <laughs> I had a good good birthday and enjoyed the the meal we went out for. Uh, but I did did manage to catch up um, with the podcast, so that was good. Did Brilliant. you have that dried fish rubbish? <laughs> no, luckily I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Pay, I wouldn't pay pay for that. <laughs> but it was a good meal. Trev. Trev did. Trev. Trev, how are you doing? Missed you last week, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Ferg. Backfiring all cylinders this week. But as we said before, I will be missing the odd week out of my control, unfortunately. But uh, back tonight, firing all cylinders. And haven't we got a performance to talk about, eh, boys? I know it's coming, Ferg. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about what was possibly one of the best Arsenal performances by a certain player that I can remember in a long time. And I can't wait to talk about it. By a certain player, but by many players as well. I know the player you're referring to, but many, many players. Good to see Theo in the chat and Heath and everybody else. Uh, if, the, if, if the messages go wrong, the old fellow's in charge of the messages. I'm not touching them. Unless he talks, then I'll put the messages up. <laughs> I thought you said the old fellow was... Uh... <laughs> there well, you go. Like that's him. it. Here we go. That's better. <laughs> well, let's go back there to where we were. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you do it. You do it, fuck. You do it, fuck. You do it. <laughs> no, okay, you're you're in charge cool. of comments. I'm in charge of the cameras, all right? So, listen, it was a ridiculously early kickoff. Um, it was a 9 a.m. kickoff, which meant... I'm, only in, I'm still on the tube. I'm on the edge of London. I'm in Essex. I still was up at six and uh, out he, the door. It was half seven, half seven on the he, tube. Did well, he what, get a 9am kickoff? He did, he did, did he, yeah. He said, and he calls me senile. He calls it was a 9am it, it kickoff. kickoff. It was. It was a 12 o'clock kickoff, Fergus. No, I talk about when we start drinking. We were yeah. starting <laughs> drinking. <laughs> you can't drunk. make your own times and rules up, Fergus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we, we went we went to the Earl's Court Tavern uh, and unfortunately the security uh, guards didn't uh, turn up. So they didn't open. So we stood out in the pouring rain until about quarter past 20 past nine. And we got into the court field, I think it is, opposite Earl's Court Station. Met up with some of the guys, had a few beers and we headed down to... Um, headed down to... Um, uh, 7 a.m. Oh, Christ, that's an early early kickoff for you guys in America. Um, yeah, headed down to, to Stamford Bridge. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit subdued to start off with, but I think that's just that's the nature of being early, Trev. Um, I, I know you've been to more games than I can think of, early kickoffs. And this, t- this timing 
is ridiculous. Uh, you know, we got yeah. when we got we got Saturday next week at seven forty-five in the evening mm. and at twelve o'clock. Only one person or one organization is doing this. Hey, Berg, your internet is terrible tonight, son. You're you're clugging up and uh, yeah. No, it's is, not. Is, it, is, not it, my, is it is it is it is it my internet then? Maybe it's yeah, my it internet, be. but you were juddering a bit then. Maybe it's my internet, Berg. I'm very sorry, mate. So, um, I'm I'm. I'm I'm queuing up to talk about like uh, one of your pet hates, the um, the TV companies, and and not considering fans. Yeah, well, focus. I think I'm at a stage now where I've moaned about it ever since I can remember now, and it's just a case of what can we do unless we've got a very very clever, educated set of fans that can take some sort of coordinated action. Us fans are just going to have to live with it, mate. What else can we do? They don't listen to us. When when they tell us that fans are important to the game, I laugh now, and and I just have to get on with it. I, I couldn't go on on Sunday. I had a ticket, but um, I, I passed it on at face value. I might add, um, because twelve o'clock was just too stupid for me, and uh, you know I was gutted to miss it when I saw the, the way we played and I saw the, the fans and heard the fans. I was absolutely devastated, but. At my age, mate, I, I have to give myself a bit of consideration. So, but going back to the football thing, we're just going to have to accept it. And unless there's some kind of coordinated action, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how it happens. Um, they're just going to keep making things worse. I mean, 12 o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday now and 9.45, 7, and, excuse me, 7.45 kickoffs on a Saturday when they know fans can't get to games or get home from games. They don't care, mate, and they're never going to care. Us as fans are just mm. going to have to live with it, you know? Mm. Um, Dan, uh, you know, win this game, we go back top. Um, and the results, as we found out, basically nearly all went our way, with the exception of um, one result, which Man City got very lucky with a very soft penalty. I maintain it probably was a penalty. I know somebody... What's talking shit for? <laughs> you want me to play that, don't you? So, so, somebody. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> right. So, for for the benefit of the tape, uh, this is this is um, this is Trev trying to be uh, every clip a bit, a bit of video, and it's from our night in in Eindhoven. Here we go. <laughs> He <laughs> <laughs> clipped it too short as well. Very short clip. It, it was. It was. Uh, I just wanted that one little sentence because that was where he really bit. I was late on the bar, couldn't care less because I was as drunk as a skunk, right? And the, my poor mate Fergus had hurt himself, but obviously he chose to tell me when I was drunk. So there was no, <laughs> no sympathy whatsoever, and that's part of a much longer clip which I didn't want to bore you with. But that little bit. Uh, if you play it on Facebook, it just plays over and over and over and over and over like a game. <laughs> like that. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, it just keeps going. It's hilarious. But, so, uh, I'm, so, um... I'm glad to hear you're feeling better now, Fergus, because for for, unfortunately, Fergus did uh, poison my eyes with the sight of some pictures of his bruises, which wasn't pleasant. Um but he, he was uh, he, he was quite seriously bruised, and although I'm still laughing about it, I do love you, Ferg, and, and uh, I'm glad you're better, mate. <laughs> but 
But you can it's, do it again at the next away game. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's almost two weeks and I'm just able to sit down. Oh, dear. Dan, listen, get back to what we're talking about. Uh, De Bruyne um, got very lucky with... Um, uh, very, very lucky with, uh, with with penalty. What what did you make of that at that penalty? Then we'll go on and talk about the Chelsea game. It's a bit of a pet hate of mine, if I'm totally honest, because I think I agree with most people when they say it's a penalty nowadays. And I think it's a penalty nowadays because of the state of the game. And and obviously, I can, I can see Trev shaking his head. And honestly, Trev, I'm totally with you. I do not believe for one second that should be a penalty in this game. This is a player that's been minutely touched and has thrown himself to the ground. But in the modern game, that is apparently a penalty. That That isn't poor referee and that isn't poor VAR. That is just poor rule setting and allowing the game to get into a state where a player is able to be touched, throw himself to the ground to win a penalty. For me, for it to be a foul, it doesn't need to just have contact. It should be contact that either impedes the player or makes them physically have to go to the ground, not throw themselves to the ground. And and it sort of it hurts a bit more because it was a last minute penalty and it would have meant um, they they dropped points. But I think if you look at the rest of the game, they played an hour with ten men and dominated the game. So I can't have too many gripes. But it is frustrating that this is the sort of state of the game. No, and I, I think Alex, what what I said to, uh, to Trev on, the, on and some of the guys in the message chat was uh, was a Robinson had a poor fifteen minutes. He didn't even need to make that tackle because De Bruyne was facing the opposite way. He should just like watch the ball, play it out, and, and everything else. He barely touched. Um, let, he yeah. Just, yeah, very, very light, very, very light touch. Um, let's look at the lineups for the game then. No. Unless you want to no, add no, your, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. You can't move on without letting us all have a say on that, Fergus. Because you know what, Dan's right. Dan's right. It does show the sad state of our game of football. That That is a penalty, right? I put a, a post on Twitter, on social media, and I just put an abysmal penalty for City. The, the, the officials have found a way for City to win the game, right? And I just sat back and I didn't get any abuse, but I got loads and loads of disagreement. It was It's amazing how different people from different eras, right, is which see a penalty, right? Us older blokes, we think, oh, come on, man. It, it shouldn't be falling over for that. Whereas the younger fans, with respect, like, you know, Dan and Alex, you've only ever known the game when it was like this, right? Mm. I remember, you know, and, and it's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing. I can, you know, and, and Fergus just said he shouldn't have tackled him. Fergus, he didn't tackle him. The, he just, De Bruyne rang his leg out and, and caught his foot. And, and it, I tell you a great pointer to the state of the game. Dan is so right. I, I love the way you've put that down. I was watching the Liverpool game yesterday against that lot of the road, right? And I was watching every time someone went near Harry Kane in the box, right? And every time they went near Harry Kane in the box, they wouldn't tackle. They went like that, right, and pulled their legs back. Because they knew for a fact that if they even took a step towards Kane, the likelihood was that he was going to hang a leg out and go down, you know? And, and it's wrong, and it, it's embarrassing. I don't know how to do it. And, and Dan has hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's, it's a sad reflection on the state of the game. If we were all professional players in today's game, and that was going to get you a £50,000 bonus, you'd all, we'd, we'd probably all go down for a penalty. But they're not tackles. They're not penalties, you know, in a pure sense of the word. And that, when watching that against Harry Kane yesterday, just confirmed it. 
they wouldn't go near him. Hands up, stand back, because they know. They know if they stick a leg out, Hurricane's going to stick his leg out and make turn his bell over. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs. Right, you can move on now, Fergus. I will allow you. So just before yeah. that, Trev, when do you think the game changed? Because I know you said about for so our older fans and and the, I remember the games. I remember the late the late nineties wasn't like that. I remember the early two thousands wasn't like that. You know, everyone remembers the game at Old Trafford where we got absolutely kicked by United, and it the wasn't. First- like that. Tottenham fans are going to think I'm having a go at me, but I'm not. I'm honestly not. In my life, I'm not. The first player I can remember diving in the English game was uh, Jürgen Klinsmann when he joined Tottenham, when he joined Tottenham from Germany. Um, I don't think our game had ever experienced play acting of that extent. And Jürgen took the took the pee even more that in that when he scored goals, it's to run across and dive like he dived as a goal celebration, you know? <laughs> And that's the first player I can ever remember um, um, diving really prolifically in our game. And, of course, as with everything in life, once something happens once and people get away with it, then it continues to happen and it grows and it spreads until until it's stopped. And it's never been stopped. But um, I really think that, um, from, my, from my recollection, the first one I can remember to do it regularly and gain from it was Klinsmann. Yeah. I think I think the introduction of more um, foreign players and 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 you know the globalization of the Premier League. I think that's probably where it's it started. At Stamford Bridge, obviously they've got the Chelsea pensioners. Uh, is their last game before remembrance, and Chelsea uh, did it really well. Um, Chelsea remembers, and they paid a lot of respect to uh, the fallen over the years. Let's look at the lineups. The lineups were uh, Aaron Ramsdale, White, Saliba, uh, Gabriel Zinchenko, Party, Shaka Saka, Odegaard, Martelli, and Jesus. Um, Alex, uh, they changed uh, KT for um, Zinchenko. Zinchenko was back in. Um, were you pleased with that signing? Do you think it was a better signing than having KT? What were your thoughts? Or not signing, um, starter. I mean, looking at the game and how he wanted to play the game, I think he suited the game very well. Um, Sinchenko, the way he drifts into the midfield, which he's better at than Tierney. But Tierney is just such a different player. And it's a shame right now that I feel like we don't, we can't get the best use out of Tierney uh, with the way we play the game because we want our left-back, whether it's Tomiyasu or Sinchenko, we want uh, our left-back to drift in and play sort of a midfield role where Tierney is much better just bumping down the line and putting putting in his crosses, which he's uh, so good at. And um, and he played a brilliant game as well uh, in the Europa League. So I was I was hoping a bit to see Tierney, but I was happy that he was back fit again, uh, Sinchenko as well. But I think you could see he was he was pretty rusty in the game, Sinchenko. But um, yeah, he just adds something different when he plays um, in the midfield, which allows Shaka to go further up in the pitch. Yeah, I watched, I watched a good ta- uh, tactician guy on, on YouTube this morning. I didn't get his name, but he, he explained uh, like the, the use of Shaka and how deep Jesus was uh, and the way they're pulling players out of, out of position. It, it was just really interesting to watch uh, on YouTube. Dan, what did you make of the lineups? And were you pleased that Zinchenko got a start? Clearly, we're, we're clean, uh, pleased that he's, he's fit and back on the pitch, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Tierney, but for me, Zinchenko is um, he's very well suited to what we're trying to do tactically. And um, Arteta is all about creating 
partnerships all over the pitch. And I think that's a big, big part of this is that, as I said sort of a few times, we play with a, a left back that comes in and, and pretty much plays central midfield, comes in centrally and allows Martin Lee to stay out wide in that channel and just isolate people one-on-one. So um, our fullbacks are a very interesting one because for me, I think I said this to you yesterday, they're, they're a massive plus for our team. Did you? Yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> Here we go. Well, good for you to hear the first time anyway. Uh, <laughs> you, you did have one beer yesterday, so. Um, a couple. <laughs> yeah. But our, our, our fullbacks are a massive plus for our team, but they're also a bit of a, a weak point for us as well. And I think you, you'll see a lot of teams target that area against us as they do against the likes of Liverpool. Because many, many times Zinchenko getting on the ball was fantastic and it was great going forward. But when they countered, they had someone staying out there on, on, on the touchline and and that was the space that they exposed. Trev, what did you make of um, the, the, the performance of the likes of Zinchenko? And if we're looking at the fullbacks, uh, Ben White as well, because I thought Ben White was outstanding. Yeah, I, I didn't realise Tommy Yasu was injured, to be honest. So when I saw the team come out, I thought, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Um, I, it's, it's such an interesting talk about um, Dini and uh, Zinchenko. My ball still lays a little bit in Tierney's court, but I can't, I can't, I can't make an overall choice. Um, ben White, on the other side, has developed into someone who, from my from my perspective, when I, if you look at someone that starts playing in a new position, you, you you worry at first, don't you? But there's no worry for me with White now at fullback. He's very impressive, and it, I, I think. You can see him developing from game to game. Obviously, games are different. Some games he'll have more time and space to, to make his moves forward. But his quality, he's, he's so, so confident with a ball at his feet, running out of defence if he needs to. Um, I think that the defence we've got at the moment is the best I've seen at Arsenal for a, man, a very long, long time, Fergus. And it's a developing mm. young defence. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. You know, it's not just this year and next year. If we sign these players up to long-term contract, we've got a defence that could still be playing together in 10 years' time. And we all know how important that can be. You know, the greatest defence that ever played football, the Arsenal back four, you know, Adams, Bold, Dixon and Winterburn, they played together for many, many years. And the more they played, the better they got. I'm so excited about it, mate. I'm so excited about it. I want to talk about... No, I- Saliba and Gabriel as well. But I'm going to wait a minute, Fergus. I'm going to wait a minute. Oh, that'll be a first. Listen, um, there there was a whole lot of hype before this game uh, with the former Arsenal striker, Aubameyang, uh, doing this like spoofy thing. I, I would have thought his agent should have had a better word with him. Um, <clears throat> Aubameyang started, I think uh, the official stats are he had eight um, touches of the ball throughout the game. He was totally isolated. Uh, Gabriel, uh, which um, uh, Trev is going to talk about in a few minutes, um, had him in his pocket, and as had Saliba. He was getting nowhere. Uh, so much so, he had to be substituted at 63 minutes. Um, how did you view it then, Alex? Uh, go, go, and then we'll go to you, Trev. How did you view, view the Bamiang circus and, and his yeah, performance? It, it was the big build-up to the game, wasn't it? And I mean... I'm just so happy that he had a poor performance. Um, but I don't think it was sort of like his idea to do the video of him. I saw a video where it was just like the Chelsea uh, media guys. Yeah. 
they were just yeah. telling him what to say and he didn't really look like he wanted to be saying that stuff but um yeah i mean i just loved loved seeing him on on the opposite side and how they manhandled him in defense as well and um and after the we scored our goal you could see some of the players they even ran over and like celebrated in front of him so they were giving it to him which i, I loved to see yeah gabriel gabriel gave him gave him loads and Dan, um, um last thing I'm just glad that it wasn't the headline after the game, Aubameyang. Yes, no, I, I agree. Dan, does that show how much the team have progressed and as a unit and as a collective that they they basically ganged up and and went went for Aubameyang on you're not one of us anymore, so you know we're, you're going to have some of it. Exactly what Ramsdale said. I think when he did his interview, you know, during that 90 minutes, he's not a friend, and uh, that that team are turning into what Arteta wants them to be, which is, as he says, killers. And you get on that pitch and you do a job. And then at the end of that game, do what you want. But during that game, you've, you've got a job to do and make sure you get it done. But I'm not sure I would judge their standard by playing uh, against a striker like a Bamiang, in all fairness. I think <laughs> saying, he, uh, saying he had a poor game, I think it's a bit harsh because actually I think he had an improved game because I remember him playing away to teams like Liverpool when he had seven touches. So if he had eight, he's an improvement, really. <laughs> Bitchy. <laughs> our, our striker, Trev, our striker, um, Jesus, he's not scored in, in, in five games. Uh, some might use that for an excuse for some criticism. But unlike Aubameyang and unlike some other people who have gone on, uh, superstar names who have gone on elsewhere, Jesus is contributing all over the pitch. What did you think of his performance? I know you're going to do Gabriel and Saliba. We're, we're holding off for that. Uh, I'm no, having no voice by the end of this. <laughs> listen, I, I just got, a, with reference to um, Alabama Yang, I saw a, a, a really funny, well, I thought he was a funny quote on the radio today or on social media. And uh, the bloke said that um, Arteta did more yards in his, uh, in his <laughs> technical area than yeah. Alabama Yang did on the whole pitch in 60-odd minutes. And it's true. And, and it wasn't... Do you know what? It, it wasn't a poor performance from Aubameyang. If you look at how he performed for Arsenal, it was what we came to expect in his last season at Arsenal. Come on, we're not we're not picking on a man if we're honest. We're not picking on Aubameyang if we say he was awful at Arsenal in his last season. We're just speaking the truth. You know, he wasn't very good at all. And I can't make out for the life of me how he's ended up going to Barca and then Chelsea. I don't see what they've seen in him. Um, as for the Jesus v. Lacquer thing, we can't. I've seen that comparison starting to surface, right? And we can't make that comparison, right? I loved Alex Lacazette. Still loved Alex Lacazette, right? But you can't compare it to Jesus. Jesus's work rate is phenomenal. Without Jesus playing, we don't win that game one nil on Sunday, right? Because if you look in the build-up, it came from us putting pressure on him, went out for a corner, and Jesus was a massive part of that pressure on Chelsea. So we all want to see Jesus score a goal, right? I, I use the word I'm a bit worried about our strikers. Well, I shouldn't have used worried. I should have said that I just want him to score a goal because I've got a feeling when he scores one, he'll be away again. But his input to the right. side, his input to the side is, is amazing to watch. His energy levels and his work rates. And yeah, you, you shouldn't be knocking Jesus in any way, shape or form, should we? We, you know, He's a class act. And he'll come back, he'll score goals. 
Mm. And listen, he was unlucky not to get that dive and header. Uh, Martinelli was unlucky as well in 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 the first half, and him and Martinelli are, are forming a fantastic partnership. Uh, Martinelli shot over the bar. We didn't for all the uh, all the work that we put in Dan in that first half. We didn't capitalize, and it really felt just a little bit. Although I, I, I felt quite comfortable, we went in for a beer at half time, and we're going, oh Jesus, we just we just need a goal because you were just worried that if we took a soccer punch of a goal against the the run of play, um, that we might our heads might drop. Yeah, to be fair, I, I remember sitting there and um, at half time, I sort of messaged a couple of people um, about the game, and I felt like we were we were good. We we were on the front foot. There were certain players, especially you know, defence and midfield, and, and you know, Saliba and Partey, the main two really, were fantastic. But I also felt like we was a little bit sloppy, and um, it's a, it, it's a positive to In be able way? to say that. Well, a lot of people actually said about Ben White, and um, I felt like Ben White had a better second half than the first half. But I think in overall, our right-hand side was a bit sloppy. I don't think Saka had the best game. I don't think Ben White had the best game going forward. I think defensively, he was as solid as he always is, which is great. But the good thing about me thinking that way is that my thought is we've had a fantastic game, a fantastic performance. We've won away to what is supposedly one of the top six sides. Yet there, for me, is a clear, clear room to grow and be even better. And that, that for me, is the most exciting part of this this team, really. Okay, somebody's asking um, what your real name is. That, that's my mate yeah. asking. Perry Groves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perry Groves, uh, Jonas. Uh, yeah, you'll have to go back in the history books to check that one. Uh, I think uh, Trevor was had lots of long hair and uh, less of a beard and was less grey when Perry Groves was playing. Probably as ginger as um, Perry Groves was at the time. <laughs> Dan, I wouldn't stand for this keep calling you a ginger, mate. I'd start some kind of litigation, I would, mate. I'm not having it, mate. You leave him alone, Fergus. You leave him alone. By the way, Perry Groves, Perry Groves was a right ginger. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that's going to be used a lot, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> right, into the second half. In the second half, Arsenal continued to... Radiate belief after the interfield. Chelsea looked more hurried, more you know disjointed, um, and the goal came from movement from Jesus, uh, who was further back down the pitch, and he supplied. Um, uh, I think he dispossesses Silva, uh, and then um, the, he forces a save by Mendy, which um, causes the corner. Alex, what did you make of the corner? And did you think Saka had scored it? Because I think he did. I mean, I was getting a bit annoyed at the corners because we had we had a lot of corners and they were all shit because they didn't. One times uh, a lot of the times they didn't get over the first man, and as he uh, took that corner, Saka, I thought, oh, not another one that's not going to get by the first man, and then it went through all of them. Um, and yeah, I thought it was Saka who who'd scored because it looked like he scored the way they were celebrating. Um, but yeah, I was. I was just happy they scored. I didn't really care who scored, but um, but yeah, that was that was a relief because I think it was clear to see what, what was uh, Chelsea's game plan, uh, which was just disrupt the the rhythm of the game, um, which the ref kind of allowed because he was, uh, I mean, he he gave a lot of free kicks, um, some of them a bit soft, some of them were all right, um, but it, <laughs> that guy on on the on the left back, uh, Kukurella. Um, mm. He was the guy causing problems for for Saka, but 
Um, I mean, Saka got a yellow card uh, for the one challenge she made on Kukurella. And Kukurella, uh, I think I saw he, he made four or five free kicks and didn't get a yellow card. Um, yeah, it, to be honest, he could have got a yellow card for the tackle that he done on Saka that instigated Saka exactly, to go yeah. back on him. Uh, and the other one, which I was going to talk to Trev about, Trev, Kukurella's holding on to Granit Xhaka, I haven't got the photo, um, in that move for uh, the, when the goal was scored. He's not made any attempt to pull him, <laughs> hold him, move. You know, it's oh, absolutely ridiculous. It's just laughable. I've, I've, I've seen that today, Fergus, and uh, it's not holding, is it? It's wrestling. He's actually wrestling Granit Xhaka. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't see it at the time. We, we're not going to call it out too much because we won the game. But if it had been a nil-niler or we'd have lost one nil, then we'd have all been wondering what on earth they were looking at, you know. And you're right, we're right to discuss it. VAR, uh, they should have seen that. But anyway, it was a goal, so they probably didn't look, to be honest. I mean, I'd but rather have a goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we've we just got to talk about that, that, that before the goal came, the, the boys just mentioned about the sucker punch, and that was really worrying me because we were the best team on the park in every area of the field. Chelsea weren't better in any part of the field. Our, our defence was right on the ball. Our midfield was moving the ball through from the back to the front in great lines, great angles. And we've got to say it, right? We have got to say it. It's got to be said that we missed a couple of chances up front that I thought, oh, come on, boys. We should have put them away, you know? We yeah. should have put them away. They'll change. Hopefully, they'll change with luck. But, that, you know, that, that wasn't the best up front. And... And that's what brings it into your mind, isn't it? When we've got that much possession, we're playing that well. We're making those chances and we're not taking them. Then it, it's always in the back of your head, this is Chelsea, they're going to go up the other end of the score here. Yeah? You know? And, and and it was a bit worrying, especially when we got to half-time nil or one. I thought, oh, no, you know, I don't like this. But mm. it showed the Arsenal we are now for to come out second half and, and keep the pressure on and score the goal. And we didn't look like conceding from where I I Did Ramsdale make a save? You know what? He, he he did make one save. He made one save from Havertz. Boy, he's tall. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was right by behind the goal. Um, and you just saw Havertz. I kept on looking, who is that? And I just kept on looking <laughs> up and up and up. He's just ginormous. He's absolutely ginormous. Yeah, he is. Uh, Ramsdale made one save, and I, I, I actually put on the notes here. Did he even get his gloves dirty? Because you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think you could probably wear that strip again on Wednesday night because it won't even be, won't, won't even, yeah. you know, sweat, sweat we, anything. Um, Trev, you want we want to talk about key players because we can talk about the game as much as possible, but the game, the result, if you look at it on paper, doesn't look as uh, as impressive as the performance was, and I think this is what we talked about. When I chat at you in my drunken state, getting soaked, uh, walking around Chelsea and Kensington, um, but but it was the performance of key players like Saliba, Party, Ben White, Jesus. You know, go just go down the list. The only player who didn't have a an outstanding performance didn't have anything to do, which was Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I've undenied all day today and all afternoon today, Fergus, as to whether it's fair to pick out players in a performance like that because we were so good. We are a better football team than Chelsea, full stop. And we are better than a 1-0 win. It should have been more. But I just feel that for his age and for how he's just coming to the team this year, this lad Saliba 
right? This lad Saliba is just something else. He's breathtakingly good. His ball control, his poise, his confidence, his speed. There was once when, who was it was throwing about? A, yeah, here we go, look. If, if you had took that back a bit, you'd have seen that he was offside. So a good, there we go. He's a good yard in front of him and he don't even get near it. He don't even get near it, look. Saliba is just, he's just a very special talent that Arsenal have found. He's obviously been coached right. He's obviously comfortable playing in our side and he's the next one we've got to get to sign a contract, I think. So for me, Saliba was the man of the match. But I, I tell you, it was right behind him. Someone who a few Arsenal fans were doubting up until the start of this season, right? And I've never doubted him. I just wanted him to play more often. But, my God, Thomas Partey, how does he find that time on the ball? He can be under a under a hell of a lot of pressure. And he just seems like he's walking away with a ball. He's, he, in certain aspects, I don't want to tar him with this weight on his shoulders. But he's very Vieira-like in certain ways he plays, you know, with, with his body shapes and his angles. Um, Party was superb. And, and you could pick Party, you could pick Saliba, you could make a case for most of the other players on the field. I mean, White, we already said, was superb. Granit Xhaka is getting to play so regularly at, at this standard, you know, this current standard. And it was lovely when there was that massive scuffle at the end that he did walk away. He made his point, but he didn't go over the top and he walked to Wales. That, that showed what we've got playing for us. Mate, I'm going to stop because I could talk all night about this team. Well, <laughs> we're just so good, aren't we? We really are so good. Dan, before we finish up on the game, um, you mentioned party as well. And I know Trevor did a minute ago. Um, it was close second for man of the match or was he your man of the match? Uh, I, I think Saliba had a very good performance and I think if you're going on that one performance, I think I will probably just add Saliba, but I think when Partey steps up, we win football matches. And I think if you're taking a player whose influence on the team, I think you take Partey, really. Um, mm. they're, they're certainly very, very close. But yeah, Partey is... Uh, if you took, if you took like Trevor said, if you took Vieira and you moulded him into a modern-day version, I think Partey at the moment is as close as you get. Um, but no one's going to be up there as, as, good as, as good as our skipper, you know, the, the invincible... Skipper, so but it's a very good comparison. He's not, he's not far off, in my opinion. We 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 mentioned last week that uh, Mikel Antonio from West Ham uh, watched uh, and played against uh, this Arsenal side, and he watched and he said is the best Arsenal side he's seen since that time of the Invincibles. And I think we're way off there yet, but you can definitely see seen it going in the right direction. Alex, what um, uh, party providing he can stay fit and seems to be staying fit longer? What he does do is allow Granite Shaka to be in that more forward role. And we're now seeing the Shaka, the place for Switzerland, the captain uh, of Switzerland. And we're now seeing the better side of him and the redemption of him, even, even so much so that Dan was singing his not uh, singing his name the other week. Can you believe it? Wow. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. But <laughs> not, it's, it's nice seeing Partey playing the way we knew he could, because that's why we signed him for £50 million, because we knew he could play like that. He did it at, at uh, Atletico. Um, another point I was thinking of is, you mentioned the the altercation that was at the end. And I was just thinking like last season, we had so many red cards and we had problems with our discipline as well. But I think this year we've kept our discipline, but we still had, we still have this like shithousery in us. So we, it's just lovely to see that they can, you know, 
do what he did, Shaka. He just, I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was just wasting time, but he he just grabbed uh, Chalaba and he was just smiling at him because he knew what he, was, what he was doing and he wasn't getting into any trouble. But um, yeah, I love the way uh, we're keeping our discipline this season compared to last season where we had so many red cards. Yeah, and, and after the game, there was, you know, the, the, the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Theo witnessed it. He saw you uh, singing that song. Theo, we're getting you to sing a few more songs. Are, are you down Wednesday, Theo? If not, tell your dad to sort it out. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, <so, laughs> there was there was plenty of songs. Um, and then he was interviewed straight away, and you can tell the emotion of the game. Listen, Alex has, has sworn a few times, not badly, but I'm going to swear in a few minutes when you see the clip I'm going to show you in a few minutes. But uh, let's chuck Shaq in for this one as well. Brighton's not stopping that kind of happiness there. That's a big win, isn't it? You see that, sir? It's fucking unbelievable. That. Sorry, but, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. But it just shows how he got in. He was in the moment and he was in with the fans and everything else. Trev, oh, have you killed a fly? Oh, why, He's doing oh, why my nutty, Fergus. There's one little fly in this room. <laughs> Keeps banging into my glasses. I'm, I'm felt right out with it now. I'm, I'm on a mission now. It's really quick and all it is. Too quick for yeah, this old boy. Right, what would you say, Fergus? Sorry. I was just it, Shaka, and, and, and with the God. moment this... There's certain times on this podcast when, when smiling, when swearing is acceptable. And that really made me laugh on, on Sunday. It was really made me laugh. And, and, and it tells that little interview we did then, right? It tells, oh, I'm going to kill it in a minute. It tells a <laughs> massive story, right? It tells a massive story about Granny Xhaka. You look at the way he is. He's smiling. His body language is reacting. Turning around, looking to the fans. That is 100% different Granny Xhaka. 100% in every way, shape and form. His mannerisms, his actions, what he does, how he talks. His confidence must be sky high. You know, I'm all over him. I am. I'm all over him. Let's keep this Granny Xhaka, you know, because... Such an important cog in our in, in our mechanism, mate. I I have to agree. I'm, I'm trying to get over excited about it because you know I was very critical of him in the past. And Dan, you got engaged with a BBC reporter about Granite Shack, and you said you needed to see something more from him. You needed to see him not necessarily kiss the badge, but do something. Did that performance? Did that little clip of an interview? Did that sort of glint in his eye that you can see he's engaged with us? Is that what you were looking for? To be honest, it was. That that was the moment I sort of tweeted and said, opinions are changing and so is mine. And look, I'm 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 never gonna fully get over what happened. I'm, I'm gonna 100 percent say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna get over it 100 percent Bloody zoom out, leave me alone. Um, I'm, I'm never gonna 100 percent get over it, but look, when when you see the passion of a guy like he was in the corner just smiling at the player, winding him up, wasting time, really doing it because the team was just trying to run down the clock. And then clapping the fans as he does, always the last one clapping the fans, and then the interview he gives. And you can just see the passion coming out of him. 
that, that that's all everyone that has ever wanted to see as a fan is a player that plays with a badge. And whatever happens after that, I think we can all get over with, you know, but we all just want to get on board with players that get behind the team. And uh, a lot of people have told me I'm being a bit harsh on him and uh, I need to sing his name. And uh, <laughs> hopefully that's the moment. <laughs> So you've got to remember, <laughs> forgive me if I'm wrong, right? But when Jack had joined our great football club, when Jack had joined our great football club, the general atmosphere, the general feeling, the general fan-player relationship was awful anyway. We had players in our club that weren't trying. They weren't making any effort. They were just drawing wages. And that's what Jack came into. So that was his starting point. We didn't like him. We didn't like him. He'd done something really horrible and we really, really didn't like him. But if this old man that's setting his ways can change his views, then everyone can change their views and give him some support, Daniel. So next time, I'm going to see them there. I want to hear it, Danny boy. I want to hear it. I'm not sure I agree with that, Trev. And I'll tell you why. To be fair, I'd always said, never say never. And, and, and as someone that wears the shirt... I would always support the player that, that wears the shirt. To sing a player's name is a special moment for a fan and a player. And I think where you said he didn't have the best start, I had very high expectations of him when he signed. And I thought he was going to be our deep-lying midfielder. But then the, the ill-discipline of the player that near enough scissor tackled so many players and got sent off, the fans were getting frustrated. And yes, look, we were going through a period of time when, when things were frustrating and actually fans got on players' backs an awful lot quicker than they currently are. But I think there's been a huge change in him. And I'm not just talking about how he plays on the pitch, uh, how he is as a person and how he interacts with the fans. So, Do you think, do you, do you think, do you think that's the people surrounding him? He doesn't have the Kalasniaks, the Ozils, the, the other, you know, um, less savoury sort of characters and, 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 and people who don't have the same ethos. I'd say 100%. You know, you've only got to look at a manager like Wenger used to always say, a player like Ozil needs someone with his arm around him. You know, a player like Xhaka also quite clearly needs to feel trusted and feel loved. And then I think he'll he'll show a bit more. And I think he's got that first seed from Mikel and then he's got it back from the fans. Mm. Listen, um, the celebrations were raw because I was with Lyle and Dan and uh, Joe. Uh, we're at the front row and... You can... <laughs> Look, I'll remove it there because uh, it, it gets a little bit bluer as we go along. But you can see the atmosphere after the game was just unreal. Um, and uh, I then rang Trevor. It was absolutely pouring down. And uh, I was chatting to Trevor and he said, look, I'll speak to you tomorrow. So I recorded something for the, the Facebook uh, site. And uh, you can see none of us got any clue about songs, but it is quite funny. Fuck, you, kids? I, w- I wanted to ask you a question as well. One second, then okay, go do, do do that. Then go on, ask me a question. I just I saw I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, they were like worried about uh, being a lot of tourists in the away end, and I just thought the away end looked absolutely amazing uh, yesterday. So how how did you experience it? Uh, it, it 
uh, as a tourist. Um, there, was <laughs> an awful lot of, there was an awful lot of regular faces there, um, as Trev will vouch for, like, you know, and, and Dan, I've been fortunate enough in the last couple of years to be able to go to a good few away games, and you do recognise the regular people. Stand outside the pub uh, early in the morning, people recognise me and go, no, mate, it's not open, we're going to have to go to a different one. Um, I did have a couple of Scandies next to us, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the Scandies everywhere when you're watching football in the Premier League. Um, they had paid a lot of money for their tickets, um, which you know is, is a little bit of a shame of, of how it's going. I know Dan was desperately looking for a ticket, and he got into uh, a, a discussion and a negotiation with somebody on on, on Twitter uh, who clearly was trying to scam you because they said they were going to email you and print the tickets, or else there were re- resellers or whatever. But they wanted five hundred quid. Uh, how did I find it, Alex? I, I found it fantastic. I, you know, early start and drinking beer early does make a big difference. Um, but yeah, it, it, around me there was loads of people that we, we all know, and it was mostly. And I'm seeing bits on on Facebook. I've seen bits on Twitter, and uh, the, where people are showing video clips and stuff. And it, they are all around where we were. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it wasn't as touristy. But the video clip I showed you of the Granite Shaka song that was an Arsenal fan in the Chelsea end, and there was quite a lot of Arsenal fans in the Chelsea end too. Pull up, pull up that video I send on the WhatsApp group just now because that is a funny one. <laughs> uh, let me get that going. Let me play this while I'm trying to get that on. So this is this is me uh, post post the game. Let me start that there for you. <laughs> it's pissing down with rain. I've got the words right. I've still got a plane in my ears at the minute, so. <laughs> I think we need subtitles right. for that, please, Fergus. <laughs> I think you do. I'm, I'm going to show you the one that Alex said. Oh, hang on. I was just in regards to having Arsenal fans in the in the home end. I don't know why they do oh, that. No way I could do that. <laughs> That's a brilliant video. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're still gone on in my ears at the minute. Let me try and get rid of them. Fergus, it's in your head, mate. It's not in your ears. E- even uh, not, even Arteta's family was in the away end as well. He said that in in the post match post match interview. Oh, did he? Yeah, his his. Uh... They're, not, they're not Scandinavian, are they? Maybe. They look pretty Spanish. Trev, we digress, but it was it was just to show like the the revelry that was going on, the, the intoxication and everything else. But it was just a general great feeling. Um, overall, uh, a fantastic day out, a fantastic performance. We move on to Brighton. Um, though in on on Wednesday night, seven forty-five in the League Cup. What do you do, Trev, for the League Cup? Do you 
starters start the strongest 11 that we've got. Maybe rotate very slightly, but in Kieran Tierney in him uh, instead of, say, Zinchenko. Um, or do you have a weakened sign? Bear in mind, we've only got one more game before the World Cup break. Well, yeah, that's true. We've only got two games to go now before most of our squad gets six weeks off, don't they? So, how does he look at Wednesday? Uh, I think, personally, I think he'll stay loyal to the players that he's been playing in the in the Cup game so far. We'll see Tierney. I think Turner's fit again, isn't he? So, we're quite likely to see Turner in goal. Um, I'd like to see him play Jesus up front because I'd like to see Jesus get every minute he possibly can on a field to score a goal because I just think when he gets one, he's a So, play Jesus. Um, but other than that, just play. Give Nelson a run out and Nelson's never let the side down. Play our cup team on Wednesday, I think, out of fairness to them. And then on, on Saturday, we go all guns blazing to go into the break top of the league, don't we? Uh, Dan, are we block fiving uh, an hour before kickoff or 45 minutes before kickoff? We have to, just because a number of comments I had on my tweet on Twitter saying about, if you don't oh, know, yeah. what do you think of Tottenham song? Why don't you start your own chance? I thought, oh, you've clearly never been around to block five, have you? But um, I've invited one of them round who said, uh, start your own chance. So um, can't be letting the side down. So we'll be there singing. And we even can't. if no one joins we And lineup wise, um, what are you expecting lineup wise? I think Europa squad, I think what, what Trevor said is, is pretty spot on, really. You'll see a few players that come in that probably deserve it. You'll see, I think, a Tierney come in. I think Rob Holden will come in for one of the centre-backs. Lacong will probably come in for Partey. And then you're probably looking at Saka being rested and, and not much else, really. I think I agree with Jesus. Um, I think still go strongest side. Look, we want to go as deep as we can in the Cups. Um, it's a trophy at the end of the day. So, I think semi-strong. Alex, you would have thought that this is the uh, I wash my mouth up, but this this is the the least of our priorities in 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 the sense of cups. But it's the first cup that we can get. We can win this cup should we get to the final, um, and probably play Man City because they seem to always get there. Um, and uh, you know, it's the first one we can pick up at the end of February. I don't know if it is end of February this time, but everything being chucked out with the World Cup. Yeah, I, I agree with the boys. Like, play a pretty strong side, but it is probably a, a dilemma we're going to have later on in the season where we're going to have to prioritize because we can't put like prioritize all of the cups and tournaments because it's it's a lot of games we're going to be playing. But um, but I, I agree with with the boys that we should play our pretty much strongest sides, bar three, four players. Mm, okay, Trev. Dan, you're both going to Wolves on Saturday night. Hotel costs, timing. Uh, it's ridiculous, isn't it, there, Trev? It is. Well, I don't think I'm going now, to be honest with you, Fergus. I'm not going to go, mate. Um, okay. Some other things going on. But partly timing. The timing is not helpful. The, the costs are... Uh, the, 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 uh, last year when we stayed in Wolves, do you remember we got a hotel of quite a fair quid. price? Yeah. yeah, and it was a nice place. Lake Bar, we had a we had a good laugh, but um, we drank it dry, Trev. Yeah, we did our best. Hotels went through the roof this year, and uh, I've got a lot to do early Sunday morning, and so looks like I'm going to give it a miss Saturday night. Um, I'm sad to say, my next game will probably be Brighton away, and then hopefully in the new year I can start picking it up again. But um, it's it's it's. Such an important game for me now, this game. 
I, I'm desperate to go into this break for the World Cup top of the league. Desperate for people to look at that table every day for six weeks and always see the Arsenal sat on top of it because it's, it's where we want to be. I, I want us to go really strong at Wolves and if, if Arteta's got any doubt, like I wouldn't risk Zinchenko. Um, definitely wouldn't start party on Wednesday. We want to be top, top form on Saturday against Wolves. Give them a beating, go top of the league, go into the break, top of the league, and then the new year brings what, well, Boxing Day is the next game after that, and it, that brings what it yes. brings. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this is Ma- a question, Ferg. Go on. Uh, if you boys could take third or fourth spot right now or let the season play out and see where we finish, where would you choose? Oh, Mick, Mick, I would absolutely, 100%, play the season out. 100%. We are better this season. We're a third of the way through the season, don't forget. 13 games played. That's a third of the way through the season. And we are top of the league. We could, we, 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 we're arguably the best team in the country. We're definitely the second best team in the country. Not a chance would I take third or fourth spot now, mate. Not a chance. No way. We if, you'd ask, if you'd asked me at the beginning the of the season... If you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, clearly I would have taken third or fourth place. But the way things have transpired and the, day, the way things have gone gone on, the, 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 I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Trev. We, we, we go all the way. We run City to the to the end. City have got Brentford um, on Saturday at home. I think it might even be the early kickoff. Uh, yes, the 12th yeah, kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Brentford. Uh, Brentford away haven't been fantastic, so you would you would expect that they'd get three points. So we do need to get the three points on Saturday evening um, against Wolves, and then as you say, Trev, we stay top of the league. Um, I suppose before we finish up, um, what we got left on here? So we've got uh, leagues. So we are top of the Premier League, thirteen games in with thirty four points. We're top of the WSL, six games in with 18 points. And our under-21s, 11 games in, are top um, with 23 points. Dan, just shows the quality that's coming through and, you know, the groundwork that's been put through. You know, it's a fantastic stat, don't you think? For so many different reasons, to be honest with you. Present with the first team, future with the under-21s, and obviously the, you know, the new riser as such is is the women's game that's, that's getting better and better. So... We're just dominating football all over the world and next year, Champions League. So we've got to continue doing what we're doing, really. You know, why would we take third and fourth place when we're going to win the league? Alex, would would you take third or fourth now or do you go the whole way on? No, never. Um, like you said, I think I would have probably before the season, um, but it's just all coming together for us and we've got a special run going right now. And also, I think like... An injury to Haaland, uh, and they'll they'll struggle, Man City. So anything could happen. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Europa League Cup round of thirty-two draw was made today. Barcelona play, uh, play Man United, Juventus, Nantes. Uh, Sporting play somebody in Denmark. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk play. Uh, thank you. Uh, Rennes, Ajax play Union Berlin, and then you got Leverkusen versus Monaco, Seville, PSV, and Salzburg versus Roma. Uh, Trev, off those uh, on there, which ones, because we play the winners of these ties um, in March, who would you like to uh, be pitted up against? 
Well, I'd like to play against. I'd like us to get Mitchelland first because Alex is having yes. a big party around his house. Put them back up, Ferg. <laughs> I can't remember them all. <laughs> right. That would I, be fun. I don't think that. I think the Barcelona will be too strong for Man United. I think Juve will win. Uh, I, I I want Mitchelland to win, but Sporting are a pretty decent side at the moment. And then the only other ones I really want to see go through is Union Berlin, because I'd love to, to draw those. I'd love us to draw those um, and, and have, yeah, and have per- a little bit, little bit of a trip to Berlin. Be a good trip. Per- personally, Berlin for me is first choice and Sporting is second. Berlin, because it's not too far away from my daughter. She lives about two hours away, so I could kill two birds with one stone and uh, go go to a game there. Uh, sporting, I've always wanted to go to Lisbon. Uh, and February is my birthday, okay, early March. Um, so it'd be nice to have March in, in, in Portugal. And we know what you get like in, in Portugal. Uh, the Sagres really gets to you, Trev. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Donna dumped that out yesterday, didn't she? That clip, uh, but that she wasn't did. a sporting. That was a that was at Guimaraes. That was sporting. But I've been to Sporting Lisbon before. It's a nice little ground. It's a Lisbon is a beautiful city. Too many hills, really, up and down here. When you've had a few, it's a bit hard work. But uh, I wouldn't mind a trip to Lisbon. The food's good. The weather's good. Donna would come, and and we'd have a great trip. I'd go back there again. To be honest with you. I don't care where I go because it's just like these European away trips. We've had three blinding trips already this year, right? They've all been brilliant trips, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the next one. Just, it's a shame they're doing the draw so close to the to the round, so we've all got to rush to book travel and and stuff like that. But that don't matter. We'll all yeah. go. We'll all go. That's the ridiculous thing is. So the the round of thirty two is made now, and they, they those ties are middle of Feb and the end of Feb. And on the twenty fourth of February is when the draw was made for the next round. Um, and you know you've got. Uh, did you say it was thirteen days before the fixture, Trev? I think from what I, I made an inquiry on social media today because I didn't have a clue. And I think someone said to me that the first game was no the the, the draws on the twenty sixth. And the first the first leg of that game is on the 9th of March. So it's, what, uh, 13 days, um, if that's correct, you know. I, I don't know why they couldn't have just, like we spoke before we came on air, didn't we, lads? I don't know why they couldn't have just done the second draw today and just put, yeah, Juve or Man United will play Arsenal Wars. You know what I mean? And, and done it. So they've done the, we know where we're going. But they haven't. And uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Basic side. So, boy, so, boys, I'm going to ask you for your predictions. Your predictions for. Oh, I nearly had um, a heart attack. I did. The weekend. Or what, what? The weekend. Donna, Donna. Oh, I'm watching that game, that Chelsea game. I, I was. I, 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 that's the truth. As Fergus knows me better than most, right? If if a game, I tend to end up on a concourse me halfway through a game because I can't take it. I can't take it, right? I stand on the concourse on my own with a beer, watching it on the telly rather than watch it in the ground. I'm just, I'm just a wreck. I'm an absolute wreck, right? And without realising, Fergus, I was doing that at home on Sunday, watching it on the telly, and I was walking around the room and bouncing off the walls, and Donna tried to headlock me to calm me down because I thought I was going to have a heart attack, and the dog <laughs> got the hump and bit me. <laughs> 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 so, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit lively, but well worth it, mate, well worth it. So, score predictions for Brighton and score predictions for Wolves. Start with you, Trev. Brighton, first of all. Brighton, I think, will scrape a 1-0 because 
that's what we do in them type of games. Wolves away. I'm excited about Wolves away. I think that, that uh, Jesus is going to score and I think we're going to win 3 0 away at Wolves. Okay. Dan, uh, Brighton and then Wolves, please. Before I go on to my uh, score prediction, can we can we just load up Terry's comment? <laughs> Dan surely knows nothing about the women in their history. I, I wasn't <laughs> going to give him the airtime, Dan. Terry, I, I wasn't... I've had enough of you today digging me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly Moroccan sunset. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very understanding of Vic Akers, our kit man, and his history with Dead the team. I know a lot about the women's game. What I meant was we are developing a new women's game. Digging me out. Get out of the blooming chat. Get on the screen. I'm fair pundit. He's far from it, but yeah, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, back to the prediction. I'm going to go Brighton. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1 for Brighton. And I'm going to go for a, a tricky 1-0 win away at Wolves. Alex? Uh, I'm leaning more towards Trev's prediction. I'm going 1-0 uh, Brighton and 3-0. No, I'll say 2-0. 2-0 Wolves against Wolves. Okay, I'm, go- I'm going for a, in 90 minutes, um, a 1-1 against Brighton. And oh. then we go to extra time. Um, I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, <laughs> I just think Bright- Brighton, Brighton have been reasonably good. Uh, of, Very of good. Um, and we will have a, a changed eleven. If it really depends on what lineup we put out, and I think Wolves. I think we're going to go out with a bang. I think some of the players who are not in the World Cup uh, are really going to go for it. I'm going to go for a three or four nil. I do a trip. I'll go for a four nil to the Arsenal at Wolves. Whoa! Um, do you remember yeah, last season at Wolves? Last season at Wolves. Oh, that was one of them games, wasn't it? Martinelli, we go Martinelli gets sent off in the strangest of circumstances. Yeah, that was strangest of circumstances for two fouls in one bit of play and gets the yellow and the yellow. <laughs> Never and seen it before. But then Never what did we do? Didn't we defend well after that? Amazing. It was, it was and what was, was the a... what was the ultimate the ultimate result? The ultimate result was this. And who yeah, scores? That was, that was... That's the oh, fourth God, t- fourth fourth Gabriel. time this year that Gabriel yeah, scored the Gabriel. winner. Yeah, yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Marcelli. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's had a lot of stick, and even I questioned him. I can't remember. I think it was the last time on the podcast that he was one I would look to like upgrade on. But man, he's just so important, and he scored scores these these w- winning goals as well. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I like him. I, I mentioned previously that um, for me, he's future, uh, future captain material. Um, when he learns guys, English, <laughs> when he learns English, I think he, he knows enough of the key words because uh, he was scrolling at the uh, at the show. Don't start that again. Nothing personal. It's going. It's going. It's going. What?
Tony Adams. Listen, we've got to say one thing, haven't we, right? Vote Tony Adams in Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, it's hilarious. We are social media today, right? As we are boiling so many people, right? They are going crazy. All these people that think it's a dance competition and don't realize that it's just entertainment on a Saturday night and the, the most popular is going to win. All you Arsenal fans out there, vote Tony Adams. It is hilarious. One woman today on who calls herself a doctor. That's the doctor, yeah. Actually, actually put a post up there saying, um, you must be a middle aged white. Right wing Brexit voting racist to vote for. T- <laughs> I'm like, hang on a minute! It's an entertainment show on a bloody Saturday night. How do they? How do they do these things? How do they the think thing up is, these things? The thing is, Trev, I've I've watched the first episode for Tony to be on there just because there's nothing else on. Haven't watched it since, but every time I, I check and I get a message on Twitter, vote Tony Adams. I got three votes. Tony Adams. Don't care how he yeah. danced. It's going to break Mate, the show. <laughs> he gets 21 votes in my house every week. I vote, the missus votes, the dead cat votes, the dog votes, and next door's dog votes and all. <laughs> I've registered them all. Yeah, but, yeah, just just keep on, boys. We're boiling people up. It's hilarious. And if Absolutely. anyone happens to be watching this, right, it's Saturday night entertainment. If it was a proper dancing competition... That are proper dancers on there. He said it's fun. We vote for who we like. We vote for our man, and Tony's going to win it. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. On, on, on that note, guys, Alex and uh, Trev, thanks very much. Yeah, I do this every time I start off, and before we press the button, I'm like, mm, okay. I agree. Hard work. And then by the end of it, I'm like this, I'm grinning from here to yeah. here. I'll go down, she's out at the minute, but I'll, I'll go downstairs and I'll be sitting there just like giggling away to myself. It's like what a good therapy. It's like a good therapy <laughs> session. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. All right, boys. Thanks very much. You have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you very much. Jump over onto the YouTube channel. We're getting there. Um, if you vote in Tony Adams, uh, go, go uh, subscribe for Guns and Yellow Ribbons as well while you're in the process. Um, yeah, we, we're trying to get to 1,000 by Christmas. So, uh, yeah, um, thanks a lot. Up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.